Okay, hello. Welcome to a, I guess, midweek episode, uh, a bit more of the end of the week episode, but it is the second episode this week, a very a rarity uh, lately because it's hard to do two episodes when it's the off season and there just isn't that much to talk about. But uh, we are doing a, a second episode this week because there is news, uh, because the season is approaching. And uh, with me to talk about this news, you did hear him at the end of last episode, but he is here in the flesh for this one fully. He is Fong. Hello. All right. So uh, to quickly just uh, recap some stuff um, from last week. So I had said that I was wanted to ask Fong a question, uh, basically for a casual football fan, or basically it shows you how much of a casual fan that I am. It was, I was going to ask, is there an offensive player versus defensive player of the year award in the NFL? And he confirmed to me that there is after uh, we stopped recording. So yeah, if you guys were wondering what the question was, if that's been killing you for some reason for the past few days, there you go. Anyways, uh, you ready to get into some of the news, Kipfong? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So uh, just a little full disclosure, for better or for worse, King's not really in the in the news at all, for better or for worse. No drama going on. We'll talk about some drama later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so not not too much King's news because there hasn't been a game that's played. Uh, there's only been some training camp stuff or not practices, not even training camp, just practice. So we'll be mostly be covering, you know, uh, the topics of Scoot Henderson versus Victor Wembanyama. Uh, the Draymond and Jordan Poole altercation, um, and then we'll talk. And then we'll do some questions. Uh, by questions, I mean I'll ask Fong some questions, and then we'll talk about some football and some House of Dragons because it did, did not make sense to talk about House of Dragons uh, by myself last week. So, all right, let, let, let's get started. All right, so this week we had two games of uh, the G League Ignite versus the team that uh, <laughs> that Victor Wembanyama is playing for. I totally forgot their name. I want to say it's the 36ers. I don't think it is. But uh, anyways, we, we got to see Scoot Henderson, projected number two pick, and Victor Wembanyama, projected number one pick, go head-to-head against one another, and it was amazing. So have you had a chance to like watch any Scoot and Vic uh, videos at all? I mean, I've been watching quite a few Vic um, highlights uh, because it seemed like he's been trending a lot more than Scoot for some reason. But yeah, lots of uh, unicornish plays from him for sure. Now, this is kind of the way I like to describe, I guess, the unicorn uh, analogy. It's like, imagine you have a little baby unicorn that was Kristaps Porzingis, you know, 7'3 and can shoot and can move. And then you have Chet, I guess the second evolution. I don't really know how to really describe that. But definitely, Victor Wembanyama is what happens when you give uh, when you give Chet Holmgren the moonstone and he evolves into an even stronger version of himself. It's kind of how I like to describe Victor Wembanyama. Just 7'4" can shoot, can move, can dribble pretty well for his size and has touch and has incredible defensive feel and is fucking huge. 7'4 with an eight-foot wingspan. Just insanity. Yeah, and definitely a lot bulkier. Not not a lot, but definitely bulkier than uh, Chet. 
to be fair, Chet is like straight up sticks and bones, but like Victor is a little, has a little bit more meat, but it's not a lot. It is scary just how skinny these guys are. Like, you know, you, you talked about you're over 200 pounds. Like he is 205, I believe, which is again, pure insanity and really, really makes me scared of just the injury risk. Like not trying to like call for it or like knock on wood, but man, I'm so scared every time he goes up for a rebound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's not hope that way, but hopefully we could see him at least play in the NBA four first, I guess, before any of that happens. What do you think of this statement? He is he is the most hyped prospect since LeBron. Hmm. I don't know about that. LeBron has been, you know, what you call it been gathering hype uh, for you know a long time during his uh, high school years where to the point where they actually show uh, his high school games on like ESPN so I don't know with to, to be to be fair this this G League Ignite game was on ESPN I believe two so oh know, really kind of, kind of the same thing hmm well I don't have ESPN so I wouldn't be knowing that so uh it'd be pretty interesting uh okay uh, I, Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I thought you yeah, were I was going to say, I can't see uh, Victor having that kind of hype at the moment. I don't see him having the career that LeBron has had either. LeBron's been 20 years and he's still a top player in the league, like ever since he got into the league, basically. So mm-hmm. like, I, like I, I, I didn't believe that Vic could shoot the way he could. I thought that was all hype. This dude can shoot seven threes and a lot of them just look effortless and honestly unfair. He can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot off movement. He can do a standstill. Everything. It's insanity. I just hope to God that this man is healthy. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, Let's quickly move over to Scoot Henderson. Scoot, I love Scoot. Part of it, part of it is that like there's been so much Victor Victor hype that I'm kind of like turning on him a little bit. But Scoot Henderson is really, really good. Like he was definitely he was definitely hyped for this matchup. He was definitely not afraid to go up against Victor Victor at the rim. And he actually got Vic a few times despite being a legit foot and a half shorter. And he was able to finish around him and over him on some plays. Like, Scoot's got something. Yeah, sadly, I wasn't able to see any uh, Scoot highlights, so I wouldn't be able to know what you're talking about. But like the the fact is like this kid is super athletic. People are a lot of people are calling him like Derrick Rose, John Morant 2.0 in terms of like the ability to handle the ball and the ability to drive. But also, what those two can't really do a pull up game. Like Scoot Henderson is for real, and like this, I don't think it will be really a race after seeing just how damn good Victor is. But like you wouldn't be too crazy if you were thinking a little bit of a scoot just just because like scoot is really skilled and really like polished for his age and you know crazy ridiculous athletic mm, yeah probably afterwards i'm gonna watch some scoot highlights <laughs> but like i said a lot of hype around uh, victor for sure compared to scoot the only thing is is that scoot is like six one six two even though i think he looks a little taller than that but he's like a brown six one six two Mm-hmm. But then you have this unicorn who's seven four with an eight foot wingspan. I think seven four without shoes, by the way. So, Jeez. Yeah. okay, <laughs> again, pure insanity. But like, yeah, anytime he leaves the ground, I am very, very scary. 
Well, let, let's hope let's hope he has a healthy career. But I I think he could. I think he's going to be really, really, really good. At, and again, the caveat is if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you know, you know, all the love to Scoot as well. Like Scoot is crazy athletic as well. That could be a ticking time bomb in its own. But you know what? Let's wish everybody good health going forward. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's uh that's well that's not it for the draft. We'll talk a little bit about it later. But uh, the big news of the past two days, uh, there was a altercation between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole um, in practice where I guess Jordan Poole was being really annoying um, and just talking all the shit. And, and Draymond Green just went up to him and just punched him and knocked him the fuck out because there, there was a video that came out that showed just that. He knocked him the fuck out and... Yeah, it's a it's a messy situation. What were your first thoughts when you saw it? Yeah, you know, at first we were talking about it, right, you know, before the video came out, we were like, uh, what did Jordan Poole say, <laughs> really? Uh, then when the video actually did come out and we saw it, we're like, that was a pretty, that was a pretty, you know, F you punch to uh, Jordan Poole for sure. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen within that organization, but definitely whoever leaked that video <laughs> really, you know, shined the light that Draymond isn't so, I don't know what's the word. Cuddly. I'll just say mm-hmm. cut. Uh, just to, just, just to kind of clarify, I was still thinking what, what the fuck did Jordan Poole actually say to like, you know, to get that reaction from Draymond. Like there has to be, there has to be something really out of pocket that he said, but We'll probably never know. Look, this situation, like, I'm trying to be on Draymond's side. Like, sometimes I get it. Like, you know, a dude is a bit annoying. You got to shut him up. But, man, he punched He punched him. Like, legit, like, socked him in the face. It wasn't, like, it wasn't one of those, like, you know, playful punches or, like, you know. When I heard altercation, I just thought, like, some pushing and shoving. And, like, Mm -hmm. even in the article, I think it said there was a punch thrown. But, like. You know, maybe it's a punch that, you know, missed. Nope, it hit right on target and it knocked him out. So it's a bit it's a bit on the brutal side. Look, there's no way to defend Draymond on this. Like, he, you can't do that kind of stuff. Like, whatever Jordan Poole said, I, even though I'm very curious, it doesn't elicit this kind of response from Draymond, especially from a veteran to, to like, the young guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be some uh, sort of suspension for him fine what what whatever <laughs> punishment but uh yeah i wonder how um you know the rest of the team kind of thinks of this situation because you just i mean these guys just won the championship and to uh you know try to run it back with the same team it's kind of <laughs> not easy when you have this like hindrance in the way look they looked at what the celtics are going through they're like Oh uh, yeah, we got to start some on our own. Like you know, we got to put we got to put make make a bit of drama. We got to make things interesting. So here you go. This makes things interesting. Do you think Draymond stays on this team afterwards? Do you think he's? Do you think he can stay on the team? Like, do they? Do the Warriors have to get rid of him? We'll have to see the aftermath, uh, in my opinion. But if you were to choose between Poole and Draymond at this point of time, I think I would be going for Poole. Uh, to stay on the team no no <laughs> so, no because 
Look, as as great as Jordan Poole is, I get that. He had about, after the first round, he had about two good games the rest of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like it, he, although he adds a lot to the, to the offense, he is, he is part, like part of that engine that, you know, run that runs that team. But Draymond is the defense. You don't, you lose him. You don't, you don't have a, like, you don't have any chance of winning the championship losing pool. It'll be a lot harder, but I think you can, mm. I, I get the age difference. I think Draymond is actually 32 this year, which yeah, that, that's dude. very scary. Honestly, like, like logically, you should probably keep pool, but like you don't win without Draymond. Yeah, and I totally understand Draymond's like you cannot replace Draymond for sure. Like I would, I would hate to, for Draymond to leave, but I mean, in this kind of situation, it's it's pretty tough for sure. And you know, I I don't know with other Warriors fans, but um, isn't Jordan Poole supposed to be the future of the or the next future for the franchise? He's part of that core that's part of Kabinga, Wiseman, and uh, yeah, him, basically. Look, I get it. Like, that's a tough decision. And, you know, Jordan Poole is reportedly about to get paid. And apparently that that's what he was talking about. Like, he's feeling himself a little bit. And I get it. But, like, I, I just don't think you win without Draymond at all. I don't think you have, a, you have a, any chance at all without mm-hmm. Draymond. Yeah, I mean... What kind of trade would you uh, give uh, give the Warriors for Draymond at that case if you were any other team? So this is also the tricky part about Draymond. His value is very specifically for the Warriors. He does not work really on any other team other than the Warriors, in my opinion. Mm. Like there were talks about, oh, he's trying to get to L.A. Well, yeah, they, they need it. They definitely need it. Guys who can't shoot, that's for sure. <laughs> like it's... And like, I don't think he can play next to LeBron. I think that's a, that's a horrible fit. Like, and then you think of like maybe a Portland team, like maybe that would work, but like his value is so unique and specifically valuable to the Warriors. And the Warriors know this, and that's why they're not giving him a contract extension. So like, it's tricky with him. I don't think you get much on the open market for him, um, like anything of value anyway. So like, you kind of have to keep him. And you just hope this shit blows over because honestly, I don't think this is as big of a deal. It's bad, but I think it's repairable. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give the benefit of the doubt and we'll see if any more news comes out about this, but yeah, it's, it's still not looking good within that team. Look, it was, look we needed some drama. So <laughs> you know, that, this is how, this is how the NBA ecosystem works. Yeah. Surprisingly in terms of, you know, King's drama, Pretty Nothing mellow. so far. Nothing yeah. so far. Just yeah, me. a very mellow like throughout the years compared to other teams. Not gonna lie. Which is a good thing. Like vibes are good um, so far. Like it's good that they're they've been kept out of the like you know the news media. Granted, they never really pay attention to us anyway. But like we've been just you know we're just focusing, grinding, doing like they're they're just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So after talking about that, um, just to, just for this uh, just for this episode, since there just wasn't that much Kings news to talk about, uh, I decided to come up with some questions for Fong to just you know, kind of to fill time, but also just to you know, d- um, was it dig into your mind, pick up pick your brain a little bit. Yeah. So, all right. So I have a few. I've come down with a few questions, and uh, let me get your thoughts on some of these. So we just talked. To, we just talked about Scoot Henderson, Victor Wembanyama. 
But also there's guys like the Thompson twins, like those are crazy, ridiculous athletic wings and many more crazy, not maybe not game changing prospects, but like great players that, you know, that could have a lot of potential down the line. Look, the the Kings have a mandate, right? Whether they say they have one or not, they have a mandate to make the playoffs. Is this the year to tank, though? Should the Kings tank this year? Because just for the chance at getting Wemby and the chance to get Scoot or, like, one of the Thompson twins, like, those are some really, really good players that are coming in. Like, should they consider tanking this year? Just one more year. Oh, dear goodness. (laughs) I don't know. That's like one less year for everyone who has a contract on our team. That's uh, that's my train of thought. Um, I would say if you were to tank, you would be doing what, you know, uh, you've been thinking or ha- what was the word? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying we should tank, but I should, I'm saying that we should play to the highest level that we can and, uh, you know, get to a decent spot in, uh, you know, the rankings and, you know, hope that we can still snag a top 10 pick. That's kind of my thought process. If we end up doing what Cleveland did, I am more than happy, you know, have a great year. You basically turn around the vibes and, you know, you barely miss the, you barely miss the play in or like you lose in the play in. But ultimately, you turned around your season and, like, the fortunes of your franchise to the point where you can actually trade for Donovan Mitchell. And now your team is very, very nasty going going forward. Mm-hmm. Look, I would, like, the absolute best-case scenario, somehow you you just miss the play and you somehow get a top-four pick. That would be hilarious. And you can still get a Thompson twin or something like that. That's kind of what I, like, my best-case scenario. I don't think you should tank. I don't think the Kings should tank this year. Because the teams that are tanking, they're going to be juggernauts. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you have OKC. Shea's already out, which is incredible. Um, and then, like, Spurs sold off all their plays. They traded DeJounte Murray for three draft picks, and they basically don't have anyone else. Um, they, was it Utah? They're basically selling off everybody. Is, is, Jordan, is the Jordan Clarkson show now? And then, like, Detroit, they're not going to be – they're probably not going to be good. Uh, what's another team like Houston? Like, how are you going to be as bad as Houston? Mm-hmm. Kevin Porter, they just, I just saw a highlight of Kevin Porter Jr. Taking a step back three. And I just kind of rolled my eyes at him. I just, I don't think he's going to be much of anything, yeah. but just, just to throw a shot at Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> but yeah, like, you're not going to out tank those guys. You're just not. Yeah. That's already like what? Six teams that you mentioned. And did we mention the Pacers? Hmm. <laughs> Well, they're confusing to me. I don't know why they haven't made the trade for Buddy Heelden or for Russell yet. I think it's because the Lakers are holding it up. But if they stay the way they are, like they're they're competent. Like Miles Turner is a good is a good defender, but I don't really have anyone else. But that that's not the point. They're like they, I don't think they're going to be like absolute bottom dwellers. Although it doesn't look good for them. Yeah. Hey, at least they have Tyrese, right? They do have Tyrese. Um. Yeah, so you're not gonna you're not gonna outtank those guys. You're just not. Mm-hmm. And you know, it also the other the other way to look at it. Look, I don't want to say I don't want to say this and jinx us. It's gonna be some easy wins along the way. <laughs> Are we talking about for our season? For our season, because again, you go to Utah, 
look, the Kings have been horrible at this, but you got to win those games. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just going to have extra games. And like, I so let me let me just pull up the list. Like you have Houston, you have OKC, you have Utah and Spurs. That's four teams out of what? Out of 15 in our conference. So that's four teams that are not going to try and make the playoffs, probably not going to make the playoffs. And so you have basically, you have more spots. Like you're like the worst you can finish is 11th, you know, in the conference. And that's the only way you don't make the play in. You you simply need one team, that's the Lakers or the or the or Portland to not make the playoffs or the Pelicans. And then you're in the play in. Like you're just I, you're just not going to get, I guess, an opportunity like this, you know, in, in the next few years, I don't think. Man, I, I remember like I, I want to say two or three months ago, we were looking at the whatchamacallit, um, uh, the guys were going to be playing in the season, and we were like, it's going to be a tough season <laughs> for stretches for sure. But yeah, as long as we win the easy ones, we should be fine. But I don't know. Do you think we'll be winning a lot more than we projected? I don't after I, these I'm moves? not. Look, I'm not going to put any money on the Kings winning more games than I'm expecting. They just find ways to lose games. But back to the back to the tanking point, like it's hard to tank. It might actually be easier to win this year. Mm-hmm. And you know, with how the drafts work nowadays, I mean, you could still be like what tenth in the tank tankathon and uh, still have a chance of the top four pick. Correct. And like this never gets talked about. The Orlando Magic won, got the number one pick two years in a row after getting Shaq. Mm-hmm. Like they had like a two percent chance of winning the lottery or winning number one specifically, and they got number one. Why is that never talked about as being raped? <laughs> but uh, anyway, I don't know why I got a th- throw a shot there, but I'm just saying, like, it's a lottery. Like the chance, like sometimes shit happens. And again, the best case scenario, you make the tenth or the ninth seed, and you just miss out on the playoffs. That's probably the best case scenario. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, those slim chances of getting number one are still pretty high for us. And I don't even remember the last time we got number one, to be honest. I want to say 88, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so not in our lifetime. Yeah. Okay, all right, next question. So I've been, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. There, like the, there have been a lot of people kind of floating out numbers uh, for the defensive rating for the Kings. It ranges from anywhere from 25th all the way up to 17th. Now, I have I've always said, like, if Mike Brown can get us to the 22nd uh, defensive rating or 22nd best defense in the league, you got it. You got to put a statue out there for him because, like, <laughs> this is not this is not a defensive team. And if he and if he can get it to like above like number 20, like you got to call him Black Jesus. Like, that's really what he is at that point. So my question to you is that, you know, cons- just assume that the Kings are a 10th te- or 10th in offense. What would you say would need to be the defensive rating for the Kings to just make the play in? Ooh. So I have them at 22. Do you think it's higher or lower? Just to make the play in? Mm-hmm. I want to say around that area would be good enough, but 
I mean, so far from what we've seen, it's just, you know, preseason stuff. So who knows how it'll translate to, you know, an actual NBA court where everyone's competing for spots. But I w- would want to say around that area. So over or under 22. Mm. To be honest, I'm going to say over. I want to so- say a little closer to 20-ish. Okay, around there. That's kind of what I'm assuming, because like people are saying like it's going to turn into a 17th ranked defense. Look, not saying that like, you know, this is the same team, like this, like the personnel just isn't that good. They're, I mean, it's not great on defense. It really isn't. Unless, again, unless Casey Alpala or Chima Moneki, like they're, like their hits, like the defense is probably going to be pretty bad. That being said, the history of the Kings is de- the history of the Kings will weigh down on them a little bit. And like, e- e- like, again, if the, if Mike Brown can get them to above like rank 20, he's a miracle work. I mean, you have some decent defenders, but you, you don't have that lockdown defender other than Davion. And, you know, Sabonis is going to be your five. Your rim protection just isn't going to be good. Yeah. <sighs> well, we'll see, I guess because it's only preseason and we've only seen the starters in like what a quarter really basically yeah so, yeah. so we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes but like you know if the kings could just like have a good offense but like and just have the defense kind of work itself out in a way because sometimes the best the best way to like you know the best thing for your defense is making the other team take the ball out of the net because mm-hmm. that's just part of it yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I'm expecting a lot more uh, defense from Fox um, in terms of maybe getting some picks or what you might call steals, really. Yeah, it's going to have to start with him because, like, the way he started in, in game one of the preseason, he was bad. But then he did pick it up. We'll, we'll see which version of, the, of De'Aaron we're going to get for most of the season. Mm-hmm. All right, so this, is, so this is a question. So I listened to the Ringer Power Rankings. And they they ranked, I believe, the Kings number 20th, and they ranked the Lakers number 15th. However, that did come with a caveat. They ranked the Lakers number 15th, assuming they're going to make the Buddy Heald and Miles Turner trade for us. Really? <laughs> now, I, now, if they do make that trade, I will concede Lakers are, pro, are, are better than the Kings. Look, no doubt. Yeah. However, if they don't make the trade, I do you, so do you think this is a wild statement to say that the Kings will be better are better than the Lakers without that trade if they keep Russ? Oh man. I mean they still have AD, LeBron, and that's it, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to say Patrick Beverly before Russ. Yeah. Patrick Nunn was good when he played though. Yeah, I mean, Kendrick Nunn will be Kendrick Nunn, but I mean, your main guys are LeBron and AD, and that still makes a decent team. I definitely, he's they're definitely not 15 for sure in ranking. I want to say in the 20s, to be honest. Okay, so do this thought exercise. I thought it was so insightful on just how bad the Lakers are. Take out the two best players from these teams. Take out AD, take out LeBron, take out Sabonis, and take out Fox. 
then line up the lineups for that. So now you have Harrison, you have Keegan Murray, you have Kevin Herter, Rashawn Holmes. On the other side, you have Russell Westbrook. You have Kendrick Nunn. You have uh, who's another guy? Pat Bev, maybe Pat Bev. Yeah. Pat <laughs> Bev. Uh, number four. Who would be number four? Davian Jones. I, he might be five if uh, AD's out. So like that's a like the Kings have a better team. Oh yeah. Like after those two players and. It's an interesting debate. We'll see if they make that trade. If, if Lakers make the, actually are able to pull that trade off, like, yes, the, I, I will concede the, the Lakers are better. The main thing that does it for me, I don't think AD and LeBron could be healthy. I just don't. Yeah, it's sadly, you know, the point in time where LeBron is going to, we're going to see a bigger downfall for LeBron. AD, he's just a glass cannon. Like, it, it, <laughs> he like, I don't even sound a, I don't I don't even want to sound me. He is just a frail man. It's unfortunate, yeah, just the way he's built. Not gonna lie, he could get injured in the next preseason game for all we know. Yeah, I mean that that was send that was in the Lakers fans into a tailspin. Like he's it, like if you're asking like AD to be healthy, I just don't think that's a great recipe at all. Now, granted, there's some injuries to the Kings as well, but at the same time, like again. You take out those two guys from the Lakers, it is a it is a bad team. Like LeBron and AD, it is just a bad team, badly built around them. And again, still salty about them about them uh, about them kind of like you know screwing us, if you will, with that with that Russell Westbrook trade. I'm glad it's blown up in their face, and it's so hilarious they're still trying to get Buddy Heal when you could have had him in the first fucking place. Yeah, <laughs> good job, Lakers. Okay, here is another more wild statement. How about this? So the Suns have just really bad vibes all around. They, I think they've lost both their preseason games thus far, one against the Lakers and the other one against the 36ers, which I, I've talked about it. Like, you know, you, there's only so much you can do when the other team just refuses to miss from three. But, but what definitely does seem like a thing is that the vibes are bad. Like the DeAndre Aiden stuff, the Robert Sarver stuff seems to be kind of hanging over them a little bit too. Like the vibes just don't feel good. There is a lot of potential for just implosion and just, you know, guys who aren't as bought in. So, it, you know, assuming like the vibes stay bad the entire season, is it crazy to say that the Kings could be better than the Suns? Mm. I will also add this other caveat. Chris Paul is just, I don't think he's going to be healthy at all. Like, I think he's going to miss a lot of games. And without Chris Paul, this is a very, very mad team. Yeah. For me, it's hard to say. I, I still think that, you know, the Suns are still, you know, going to be a playoff team for sure, regardless of uh, Chris Paul. But it's hard to say without knowing how the king season will go first and this is you know a sun's team that's been to you know the finals before and well if it weren't for the team chemistry dwindling down then yeah it's, it's kind of hard for me to say i just see so much like volatility with the deandre and stuff like if he is not as invested on defense and offense, it could turn a little ugly, I feel. 
Like it, it's so incredible. Just like before Game Seven, like it, you know, the Suns' future were bright. They were going to make the the conference finals. They were going to give probably the Warriors a run for their money, if not beat them. And then to all of a sudden just completely blowing game seven, nothing's been the same since. Like the DeAndre Aid stuff, like not giving him that extension at the beginning of the year, that came back to haunt them big time. And then of course the Robert Sarver stuff, like the, the, the like, you know, the whole, like if it, everything just falls apart and like so fast is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess all I could say is, Okay, excited to see the downfall of the Suns for once, I guess. I just wish you groaned one more time. You just go, rah, 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 rah. And, and I will nod in agreement with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, all right, let's move on to, I guess, the next topic. Uh, so, uh, in light of the awful <laughs> Colts versus a Broncos game that happened yesterday, we're recording this on Friday, uh, October 7th. So Russell Wilson, not that trade. I, was it five first round picks? I believe um, the Broncos gave up to get Russell Wilson. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that looks like an absolute disaster right now. So just a quick question to you. It, it kind of, it's kind of a mirror in a way, although the Lakers didn't give up draft picks to get Russell Westbrook. Who is better at this point, Russell Westbrook or Russell Wilson? Ooh. Gosh, I want to still say Russell Wilson. Come on, <laughs> really? I, I I've seen the other way around. I, for Russell Wilson, it's still, you know, his first year in Broncos. We've already seen the, you know, the the burden Russell Westbrook has, uh, what you might call it, put on the Lakers. So, I mean, I still think Russell Wilson is still a great quarterback. Um, even though yes to be fair a lot of it his guys kept dropping the ball it was pretty awful to watch yeah it was pretty awful (laughs) i saw the highlights it was eh, no one scored a touchdown other than field goals so i mean if it if it's if it's that what takes to um win the game then so be it but it's kind of i would say it's kind of hard to compare russell Westbrook to him because you know Russell Wilson actually had uh, I don't know man they're acting he's actually done stuff I mean he's won the Super Bowl oh and he's yes. been to the Super Bowl again oh okay um Russell Westbrook he's MVP <laughs> he's MVP. he did get to the finals Let, let's not let's not trash on him too much he was yeah. the scoring leader and all, all that blah 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 he, yeah. you know let, let's not disrespect Russ too much but you know, it, I just thought it was a funny question because, yeah, Russell Wilson did not look good in that game at all. Yeah, he did not really. Um, hey, and, I, hey, Russell Westbrook looks has looked good in the preseason, I think, in, in the Kings game anyway. I don't know about the Suns game. Let's see. Are they the same age? No, Russ is about a year older than mm-hmm. uh, Wilson. And still somehow 10 years younger than Tom Brady, who is having fun being beaten by the, being beaten by the Chiefs. Yeah, poor, poor Tom Brady. Like, what, what, what are you doing? Why do you keep coming back? Go spend time with your wife, who is now divorcing you because you keep playing football. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he could have done any other football-related thing, you know, post uh, his quarterback career, like 
Didn't he sign like a hundred million dollar deal with like some NFL network and still decided to go play? Like, look, like find someone that loves loves you like Tom Brady loves football. I'll just say that. Yeah, I guess you know it's the kind of thing where would you rather play the game or would you talk about it? And I I get. I mean, like we don't have a choice. But, yeah, know, we don't have. A- <laughs> we don't have a choice, so we'll we'll never we'll never be able to like you know think actually talk like you know experience that. But I oh, don't know. He's forty five. Like I, I even think like even when I'm forty five, I'm I'm hanging up. I'm not yeah. getting more concussions, bro. Now out out of all of the um, acolytes he has gone, do you think fr- uh, from here on out he would be burdening his uh, legacy, or you know just further? pushing it look i'll go the other way with this rick so like rick flair has had god-awful matches since he left wwe mm-hmm. it hasn't dented his legacy at all that's true yeah he's, he's just built that much of a legacy i think I, I think it's the same with, way with lebron and hell with mj when he joined the wizards he did not have two he did not have two good years no one talks about him anymore because guess what he was really really good on the bulls they made a goddamn documentary about it. Uh, yeah. So, I, I don't think so. I, I think his legacy, especially once he actually retires, ain't nobody going to remember this shit. They just oh, remember no. seven Super Bowl rings. Oh, yeah. I, I always forget who would be, you know, the next quarterback after Tom Brady for um, the Buccaneers. I don't know uh, enough to throw out a name. I'm going to have to search it out later, probably. Trey Lance. Uh, <laughs> that's a, on the other side of the coast. <laughs> that's a West Coast thing. <laughs> that's the oh, Niners. <laughs> well, you know, you never know in 10 years. Uh, who knows, yeah. All right. Finally, to close out this episode, we got to talk about House of the Dragon. And I believe it's episode six, right? Yeah. It- episode six. No, seven. Uh, Sorry. God damn it. I did. I, I did have it wrong. I, I was wondering. But anyways, so I guess to quickly recap the episode, uh, they're at this, uh, they're basically at the funeral of Lanera, whoever the daughter was. They're burying her. Um, they basically, everyone gathers. Um, so that includes like Renera, who had just left the Red Keep. That includes Damon, who has been over in Pentos. And then, of course, it includes Allison and the king. They all meet up. It's kind of awkward. They're trying to, you know, get, they're trying to, you know, trying to smooth things over. And in the middle, in the middle of the night, uh, Damon and Renera meet up. They, you know, they talk and then they get very passionate and they uh, have sex. Anyways, while that's happening, Amond. So he is the kid that does not have the dragon and is being made fun of by his siblings for not having a dragon. So he now just goes out and gets a dragon, the dragon that uh, originally uh, belonged to Lanera. And basically he stole, he steals the dragon. He gets back a home and then basically the kids of the recently deceased uh, Lanera um, says, says, you just stole our dragon, get soon to a fight with uh the basically the the kid the Damon's kids and also gets into a fight with uh some of Renera's kids and they basically ultimately end up slashing his eye and uh, it's a gross looking wound there's a bit of there's a bit of a scuffle um from the parents about it 
And basically, the episode basically ends with uh, Rhaenyra marrying Damon. Yeah, <laughs> lots of um, what the hell is going on <laughs> type deals. But uh, first off, Rhaenyra and Damon, why? <laughs> just, just why? Is this really the Targaryen way? Hey, I'll just say nothing stops true love. Yeah, not even not even when you have kids, not even when you've married, not even when it's been established that it is nasty and it is forbidden. But hey, you know what? I'm not rich. I'm not powerful. I don't understand this. Yeah, but uh, moving on. Um, I guess the Amon. Amon. I believe it's Amon. It's yeah. so confusing. I know. Aegon's the one that gets drunk and you know masturbates out the window. So I, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. but Amon, yeah, I, I'm surprised no one is angry that Amon just took this dragon from you know. Well, we we have people that are angry for sure. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, oh well, there is people that are angry, of course, but I'm surprised not many people are you know refuting this and, and just allowed him to take the dragon away back to uh um i guess their castle i forgot the castle's name the, i believe it's called the red keep but mm. it, like i guess he, he's just the innocent little kid he's just out there playing and then all and then you know he gets into a fight with other kids and there's eyes being gouged out poor kid yeah. poor amon right yeah, between Amon and Aegon now, because, you know, Allison has to choose one of them to become the next heir if, you know, in case somehow Rhaenyra can't, you know. Wink, become, wink. Yeah. yeah, wink, wink. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at Amon. He, he's stepped up. He, he's got this big dragon under his uh, you no know, wing now. And uh, I, I think Allison's going to see that. And, you know, Allison this episode too is not so pretty. <laughs> he, she... She's looking more evil by the episode. Like, it's the saddest part about just like the Allison and Renair relationship is that it's basically just deteriorate. Like, they they were once best friends, but because of like you know stupid politics and stupid power dynamics, they they now fucking hate each other's guts because of it. it. It's pretty sad to see and you know I, I I have a question for you about just the the dynamic between them. Like who is the villain? Like truly, like of course we know who we know the villain is Allison and her family right now, but like if you think about it, I guess from a more objective uh, viewpoint, Allison is 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 only mad because she doesn't get she is basically sec, playing second fiddle to to the king and Renera. You know, because they're their father and daughter. Like the, the king simply favors her over over her, and like she's just kind of acting out. And like it, it, you know, it shows like during the scene, like where they're debating, like, oh, you know, they, he just gouged out my son's eye. <laughs> like I want another eye from him. You can get that from from a mother's perspective. Like mm-hmm. just fucking, just fucking slash my d- kid's eye. I want an eye back. Like it kind of makes sense like my point is there's an argument to be made like Renera isn't really in the wrong here in a way yeah but you know there is some there's self-defense I want to say um then again I don't know how that's going to translate 
to uh in this times you know legal issues but uh yeah it seems like king viserys does didn't even care about his own son at all <laughs> losing his eye grandson is it grandson Gee. wait is, no, no, no it's, it's his son, son. It's son. yeah, yeah no, you're, you're his right. actual son it's the age difference kind of throws it off yeah and how king viserys looks each episode really throws you off he, he definitely should be a well, grandfather well, well here's here's the thing it's also weird because Rhaenyra's children i think are about the same age as their as hit as his and uh allison's children that's also yeah. making it weird yeah just like a few years younger maybe yeah. um yeah and again the, the so let's talk about the king the king basically does not see like completely turns a blind eye to you know out or Renera's children clearly not being you know uh what's it called Bar- clearly not being um Renera and was it Sir Lenor's son like clearly they're like you know different color hair they don't look anything like him like completely turns a blind, blind eye to that and he seems to be very stubborn about that fact. He's just, he believes that no, no, it's a completely pure relationship. There's nothing, there's nothing, I guess, there's nothing like suspicious about that at all. Yeah. I guess I want to say it's because of politics again, uh, where, you know, don't want any more rumors spreading around or any, uh, because he, he chose Renera to be the next heir, and that's that. You can't really reverse it unless you want some sort of, um, I guess, issues within the house. And, th- I mean, these issues kind of are probably pretty prevalent at the moment with, you know, all this fighting. But I guess he's trying to stick to his gut and, you know, hopefully everything gets smoothed out within the family and, I guess he'll continue with Renera being the next heir, in my opinion. I know I just I know I just kind of, kind of try to cape for uh, Allison in some way. At the same time, who gives a shit? They're not your kids. Who gives a why do you give a fuck? They're not Renera's and uh, was it Sir Lanor's? Like, what is it involving you at all? Yeah, why you, it's so petty. Like, it's such garbage from her. Like. It, Again, just the fact that this incredible relate, this, you know, very close friendship at one point just turned into something really just petty and just complete garbage. It's it's pretty sad to watch. Yeah, she's definitely um, power hungry in a lot of ways. And, you know, she doesn't see that way with, you know, the king still favoring Rhaenyra. Um, I, I don't know if that's like a Targaryen way to say that, you know, Targaryens had the most power between the bastards as they would say but yeah it did like from ever since she became queen it didn't seem like she had any sort of power or say at all i mean she i mean the most power she's shown is that she wears green (laughs) which is apparently when old town goes to war they wear green it seems like it got brushed over, really, to be honest. Yeah. So, like, I, I, again, like to go back to caping for her, like, I can get her frustrations. Your husband's not listening to you, just completely turning a blind eye to it, to an issue that you feel is a very big deal. I can get the, I can get the frustration. 
at the same time, fuck off, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> like, who cares? And, you know, poor, I don't want to say poor Amon. I was actually like a fan of Amon. You know, he's just this kid. Like, he's this kid trying to fit in with his older brothers who have dragons. And, you know, they're making fun of him with a pig. But, like, to, for him to get the dragon and turn into a complete fuckhead, like a cocky little prick. Yeah. Kind of deserve to get your eye gouged out. And honestly, he should be lucky to be alive because, like, you, the kids could have just stabbed him in the stomach and, you know, this should be all over with. But instead, they just slash his eye? Come on. And now, you like, at least from the show's preview, he's going to be a problem going forward. Oh, yeah. And he also mentioned in this episode that, you know, an eye for a dragon, that's, that's a pretty good deal, if I'd say so myself. Especially knowing that, you know, this is the largest dragon in all Game of Thrones history. Yeah, Allison's gonna, <laughs> Allison's gonna see something in Amon uh, with his new dragon. Oh, oh, you're sure you don't want the masturbating kid uh, to be the king? You know, that's funny. I think he's actually, whatchamacallit, if you know this guy, uh, the, the actor is um, the son of David Tennant. I do not know that, sorry. So David Tennant was the previous wait i want to say like three doctor who's ago mm, okay. uh before um matt smith who plays damon mm. so if you didn't know matt smith who is playing damon in this show was also doctor who yeah unfortunately i did not watch those shows so unfortunately <laughs> i just don't have a record uh, of this but you know maybe he's well i'm just saying that character is really not fit to be a king yeah, it doesn't. It does involve more than masturbating out of a window and drinking. Yeah. I mean, he's a teenager, for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, knowing Allison and you know how the father was pushing for Aegon to be the next heir instead of Rhaenyra, it really doesn't seem that way as of right now. But since the next episode, spoiler, it's going to be another time skip. Uh, who knows how he matures uh, from here on out? Oh, he's gonna be a cocky fucking prick. You could tell, like that eye patch. Oh, that's a, that's a man that looks like he's gonna be a problem. Yeah. Wait, are we still talking about Aegon or Amon? Amon. Oh yeah, we, he's. We, we just we just established that Aegon just masturbates and drinks. Oh, I was gonna say that he might, you know, somehow mature from here on out with the time skip. Oh, I, oh, I don't know. No, the characters generally stay about the same. They're not like real people where mm. they actually mature and have growth. Yeah, like this this series definitely has the most time skips within like a short span of, of a season um, in any other series I've ever watched, to be honest. So it's kind of it gets confusing at times when they don't mention the time skip. You just gotta know. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit tough to follow, especially if you don't like know the background of the show. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, Waynor's gone. <laughs> he shaved off his beautiful hair. Um, oh, I, I am I am sad about that. Yeah, I mean, his parents, man, lost the daughter literally like probably a week ago. And then now lose your son. <laughs> winky, winky face. Yeah, they lost their son too. Yeah, so it's it's a tough time in the was it to see people's uh, keep. So, and not only that, I'm I, I want to know what they're thinking of their uh, you know Rainier and Damon getting together. You know their own son-in-law and their own daughter-in-law. 
Just another day in the office. <laughs> I guess so. One last question for you. Like the in the opening scene where they're uh they're burying uh was it Lanera um under under the sea, you see yeah. Damon Snicker. Do you think that's a coping mecha mechanism from him? I feel so. I feel that way because I think he he's a sadist, in my opinion. He he just likes trouble. Uh, well, the thing is, I, he did something similar when, you know, when the, was it, when Viserys' son, like, his son died. Like, he, you know, made, essentially made fun of him, and that got him exiled. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's part of his character. I, I was just interested in your yeah. thoughts about that. I was going to say that I don't recall him doing that around Rhaenyra for some reason. Yeah, maybe, maybe, like, you know, she keeps him under control. Yeah, it doesn't. Doesn't sound right for sure. No, um, it does not. But again, we are not we we are not from royal families. We are not rich. We're we're not super rich, is, is what I mean. We we have millions of dollars, but you know, we're not we're not kings and queens rich. We're not Targaryen rich. Yeah. And you know, the Targaryen bloodline runs thick with them. Yeah, it does. Uh well, I was about to say, yeah, good for Lenor for you know getting out of this toxic relationships of um politics what and whatnot uh gonna do his own thing and you know there's another thing i kind of wish we saw more in uh this series is uh Rhaenyra and damon's uh dragons we only saw them literally like maybe a couple times throughout the series so far well you know like i think we're gonna see them more going forward i think we just haven't seen them so far but i think it's gonna be a big deal going forward mm -hmm. so yeah, I guess I'll just wait till the next episode. Again, every episode, it, it ends so nicely, and it always makes you wanting more. And uh, again, it'll be very sad once uh, the season is over and we have to wait uh, basically a year for the next episode. Oh, they're actually going to make a second season? I imagine so. It's like, it's one of the most popular series, like, hmm. you know, on the internet right now. So I assume there's going to be a season two. I see. Because it, with all these time skips, I'm like, Man, <laughs> it seems like it's coming towards the end pretty quickly, in my opinion. We'll see. I assume there's just going to be more seasons. Hmm, I see. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I have about uh, House of the Dragon and anything else. Anything else you want to quickly talk about before we call it a day? Hmm. Not really. It's just still waiting for King's news. It's just a lot of uh, NBA news coming around, so... Yes, and well, you're waiting for me to end this episode so you can go play Destiny. So. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't have anything else. If you don't have anything else, we'll just we'll call it an episode. Uh, and I will not keep you from getting Grandmaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to end it off? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, do wish Fong uh, good, good luck on his Grandmaster because he is a very... He's a very he's a very serious gamer. So, yeah, uh, you guys send emails uh, just supporting Fall. Okay, well, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>